In preparation for today's message, we shall be reading from the book of John, chapter 10, verses 1 to 10. Again, that is John chapter 10, verses 1 to 10. Please open your Bibles to that portion of the Scripture and join me in reading God's Word. Let us all rise in reverence to the Word of God. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are the thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Praise God for the reading of His Word. You may now be seated. Thank you, Brother John. Good morning to all and to those who are watching live via Facebook or any other social media platform. A pleasant good morning. We are back. We are back to our study series in the book of John after how many weeks? Almost two months of series break. And we are now back and we will be resuming and we will pick off from chapter 9 and we are now in John chapter 10. So what is John chapter 10? Well, it's a continuation of John chapter 9. And so before we start, shall we pause and commit this time to the Lord in prayer? Heavenly Father, once more, we ask that you shepherd us with your word. Allow us to hear your voice, your instructions, your encouragement. And we ask, Lord, that you empower us not only to be able to understand, but to live out the truth from your word in our lives in our families, in the things that we do. And allow us, Lord, to be able to teach this to others. So in the process, they too would know you and would testify of your goodness. And Lord, as we study your word, as we meditate and reflect on your words, may you be glorified alone. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And so we need to review and go back to John chapter 9 because John chapter 9 does not end in that chapter. It continues with John chapter 10 and we'll start with verses 1 to 10 today. So if we recall sometime last year we studied and we, we, we preached and we teach that we thought that Jesus healed a man who was born blind. Remember, Jesus did this miraculous healing on a Sabbath day. And this triggered a series of events. One of which is that this blind man from birth, he was brought to the Pharisees who questioned how he had received his sight. How did you receive your sight? Now, 
instead of showing amazement, because it has never been done before, it has, they have never witnessed such a miraculous sign and, and wonder of being healed of blindness, imagine from birth. The Jewish leaders expressed their displeasure. For what? For the violation of the Sabbath. In chapter 9, it is written there that, they, that these Pharisees said that this man is not from God. Why? For he does not keep the Sabbath. So this man, he is not from God. He's disobeying. He's violating the Sabbath law. That no one should be doing work. And, well, they believe that healing is a form of work. Not only to the person who has been healed, because when Jesus told him to, no, uh, to when Jesus spat saliva no, on his eye and told him to wash on the river, that was actually work to them. So it was work both for the blind man who was healed and for Jesus who did the healing. And such is a violation of their Sabbath law. However, others said, how can a sinner do such signs? Being able to heal a blind person from birth. So this caused a division among them. Now, other several hearings happened where the blind man was called by the Pharisees and was asked how he had received his sight. And there were, he was also asked, who was this person who healed you? At first, he said, well, I don't know him. But eventually, he would say he is a prophet. And so, unconvinced, the Pharisees would even go to the parents of this blind man and ask them and investigate. But out of their fear for being cast out from the synagogue, from their, from their local church, and facing hostile questioning, the parents said, ask him, he is of age. And so in verse 25, when he was asked, the blind man was asked, this was his reply. He then answered, whether he is a sinner, I do not know, pertaining to Jesus who gave him sight. One thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. So they said to him, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? And then he answered them, I told you already, and you did not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? You do not want to become his disciples too, do you? So they reviled him and said, you are his disciple. We are the disciples of Moses. And we know the story. And if not, this blind man who received sight, he believed in Jesus in who he claimed to be, that he is the son of man. Yet the Jewish religious leaders remained blind to the Messiah in their midst. But the man who was formerly blind also received spiritual sight in Jesus. So what happened to this blind man? He was eventually cast out. He was rejected. And at this point, in John chapter 10, verses 1 to 10, the Lord would then give a powerful analogy, a figure of speech, an illustration revealing more of himself, which John the writer would narrate. Who is Jesus? In John chapter 10, he would say that he is the shepherd and he is the door. Now, if we go back in Psalms, in Psalm 23, God is the shepherd. 
David in his wonderful song, in his wonderful poem, in a, in a satisfied manner, he would say that the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And so, however, on the other hand, the religious leaders, they behaved like thieves and robbers. So Jesus in this part, in this portion of the passage that we will study would now give a contrast between himself as a shepherd and a door, or the door, and the thieves and the robbers, which pertains to the Pharisees. So the title of our message this morning, The Shepherd and the Thief. For the first point, shepherd and door. The thief does not go through the door. Um, in our local dialect, we call them the akyat bahay. Akyat bahay or akyat bakod. So they would climb uh, the fence or enter the, the, a home so that they can rob a house except through the main door. Well, sometimes they use the main door, but most of the time they would not go through the main door. However, the shepherd goes through the door. Now, what does this imply? What does this mean? In the Old Testament, God provided a form of fence, a form of protection to his people, his chosen people. Through what? Through his law, through the law. And through that same law, Jesus entered. And Jesus now, in the New Testament, he is the manifestation. He is, the, he is now the law made into flesh. If we go to, just allow me to just uh, read to you Galatians chapter 4. Verse 4, it says here, But when the fullness of the time came, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, so that He might redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. So in the Old Testament, God gave the law to protect His people. Now, we have Jesus as our shepherd. However, the sheep will not listen to the stranger's voice, but will listen to the shepherd's voice. The shepherd calls the sheep or his sheep by name and leads them. Take note of that word, leads them, because there's another way to bring this sheep from one place to another and that is through force you know, like through the dogs that would would scare them and then and would and move them to a particular place but a shepherd a true shepherd leads the flock and the flock trusts and follows the shepherd moreover Jesus would also say that he is the door Let's look at John chapter 10, verses 1 to 3. Truly, truly. Uh, again, whenever Jesus would say truly, truly, or amen, amen, it means this is a very important statement that we really need to, to, to listen to. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold, by the way, a sheepfold is an enclosure. Uh, in... Uh, in Israel, they have this uh, place where they would put bricks or stones and serve as like a, a, an enclosure, a sheep fold for their sheep. Now, it is known that uh, this, this area, this sheep fold, would be a common place for other shepherds or for other sheep owners. And so they would bring their sheep into that enclosure into that sheepfold. Now just imagine uh, their, their sheep. They, 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 they're not 
they don't have tags or they don't have like uh, like in the cows or in the carabas perhaps a, a brand and so how would the shepherd or the sheep know who owns them or the sheep that they own if they are now in a common sheepfold or sheepfold now he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs in by another way that man is a thief and a robber but he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep verse 3 to him the gatekeeper opens the sheep hear his voice and he calls his sheep by name and leads them out so here the lord jesus is the door and there is none other whoever does not come through him is a thief and a robber so in this context it is the jewish leaders and the pharisees who are the thieves and the robbers but those who belong in to christ will not follow such false leaders now whenever i start my my class uh, in, in 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 a semester or in a school year as part of getting to know each other i would uh, ask my students to come in front or to just uh, share to the class uh, and answer the question if he or she is an animal what kind of animal would he or she be uh, have you done this as part of an icebreaker perhaps in in an activity so if you're an animal what kind of animal are you so most of the time my students would say oh i'm a dove uh, or an eagle uh, because of its ability to soar high uh, some would say there are there are butterfly and who would eventually change no? not knowing that butterflies only live for a short while most will say that there are dogs or there are cats and most of the time because they have a pet dog or a pet cat but I haven't heard anyone say that he or she is a sheep. And you know what, brothers and sisters, in the Bible, we are called sheep. We, we refer to ourselves as sheep. In fact, there was a time when Jesus saw the multitude. He said they are like sheep without a shepherd. And so, in that perspective, we are, well, in a way, we can, we can regard ourselves as a sheep. Now, what's the problem with being a sheep? Well, uh, perhaps because we don't have lots of sheep here in the Philippines, uh, we may not be that familiar with what a sheep is, but basically a sheep is stupid or dumb no. and uh, really a sheep would need a shepherd because a sheep would wander everywhere and would have really no guide and and that that sheep is always at the risk of well being being harmed and being put into danger and that's 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 probably perhaps the reason why we don't want to be called sheep because a sheep is usually well uh, it's not as smart as your your dog or your cat or even your goldfish and so they are easily harmed or or killed by wolves and they're easily caught by thieves and robbers because they're they're naive they're very innocent but there is one characteristic from our passage today that we can perhaps hopefully relate to and that is the sheep knows his shepherd his master's voice 
just like perhaps a, a, a dog, if you're a dog owner, uh, if, you're, if your dog hears you, um, then your, your dog would wag his tail or her tail and then would come to you and would recognize you and would come to you. But if you are a stranger or a robber or a thief, remember, a dog would bark at you. Now, a sheep hear his voice, meaning hears the shepherd's voice. And the shepherd, he calls his sheep by name and leads them out. And so the sheep follow their shepherd. Why? Because they are familiar with his voice. So that when the owner of this sheep, this flock of sheep, puts this batch of sheep inside the sheepfold, the moment he calls them, hey, sheep, his sheep would follow the shepherd because the sheep would know their shepherd's voice. So if, for example, Chef Doy has his, his sheep placed in a sheep enclosure with the sheep of Brother John and my, my sheep there as well, if Doy, Brother Doy calls his flock of sheep, his flock of sheep would follow him. And those who are not his would not because they know their shepherd's voice. However, the stranger will not follow a voice that they do not know. The sheep ignore or even flee the stranger. Now, just imagine a, th a thief or a robber enters a sheepfold. Okay, and because he, the, the sheep doesn't know this person, not this thief or robber, usually this, this sheep, what they would do is they would, uh, they would group together. No, and then they would put their heads in the middle and they would turn their back from that person, the stranger. And so what happens, they're easily caught. Instead of running away, instead of defending themselves or, or scaring the, 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 the stranger, they would not, and so they're easily caught. Now, those who listened in this particular passage, the Pharisees and the Jewish leaders, they failed to understand the powerful illustration a figure of speech that Jesus gave. Verse 4, when he has brought out all his own, take note, he goes before them. He, he doesn't, the shepherd doesn't go behind the flock of sheep. No, he would go before them. He would lead them. And the sheep follow him. Why? For they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech, this illustration Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. There was this story told of a, a man who brought a complaint before a judge. Uh, and he accused his neighbor of stealing one of his sheep. And so he told the judge, Judge, here is my neighbor. He stole one of my sheep. And so naturally, this accused neighbor uh, denied. No, I did not steal his sheep because this sheep, this is mine. And so he asked the complainant, What's your, what's your evidence? Uh, do you have any witnesses who would say that the, this accused stole your sheep? Uh, the complainant said, sorry, your honor, I don't have any witnesses. How about you, Mr. Accused? Do you have any, any witnesses who would testify that that sheep is yours? 
I'm sorry, Your Honor, I also don't have any witnesses. So now the judge uh, asked and prayed, Lord, help me. How can I resolve this dispute between these two persons claiming their sheep? And so he said, okay, call on the sheep. Where's the sheep? And we will ask the sheep uh, to be the, the main witness. So they, they, they brought the sheep, the subject sheep uh, that they were uh, claiming. And so the sheep was put in, a, in the, the witness stand. No, he was not sworn to, to an oath or to an allegiance because the sheep obviously cannot speak. And so he asked now the complainant, can you call your sheep? Just open the, the door so that your sheep can follow you. So the complainant said, sheep, come here. But the sheep said, he did not obey. And so he asked now the accused, accused, call the sheep. So the accused said, come here, sheep. And the sheep immediately ran to the accused. And so the case was closed. Who owns the sheep? It was the shepherd who called the sheep. And the sheep followed. And he knew, it knew his shepherd's voice. Now the religious leaders during the time of Jesus, they tried to use the law. Uh, they, they're still trying to use the law, but they misunderstood it. Why? Because they view that on the Sabbath, no one should work. No one should do healing. But Jesus had a different intent. He would say later on that I came so that they may have life and they would have it abundantly. While the thieves and the robbers, they would come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Their view on the Sabbath was no longer about resting in the Lord, but in a misaligned rules to the point of absurdity. They accused Jesus of violating the Sabbath. Why? Because he healed a blind man on a Sabbath day. Now, the shepherd intends to give abundant life to the sheep. And we will have more about this in the next verses of chapter 10. And Jesus would eventually say that I came so that you may have life and have it abundantly. Such is our good shepherd. And remember in the song of David, he pertained to the shepherd as his God. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. So in that song, in that psalm, David was, was proclaiming that he is a satisfied sheep as he is being led by the shepherd into green pastures as this shepherd would protect him from harm and from danger. So this sheep has a personal, intimate relationship with his shepherd. However, the thieves and the robbers would intend to kill and destroy. Jesus is the shepherd, but he is also the door. The sheep that belong to the Lord will not listen to thieves and robbers. Now, in, in such a sheepfold, in an enclosure, usually there's really no door. There's no physical door. So it's just a, a space okay, uh, and an opening where uh, the sheep or, or the shepherd or the gatekeeper can go in and out. And so at night, the gatekeeper or the shepherd himself would lie down on, on that space, on, on, that, on that open space, which is actually the door, so that a sheep would go in and out through him. Okay, so anyone who wa wants to go in would go through 
the, the, the shepherd or the gatekeeper and anyone who wants to come out, like the sheep, for instance, they would go through him. And so in verse 7, Jesus again would say to them, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. So he's not only the shepherd, but he's also the door. So in a sense, it's like saying I'm a double protection. So I am the shepherd. I lead them by day. I lead them by night. I bring them to pasture. I, 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 I protect them. Yet at night, when they're also vulnerable, I am the door. However, we can see here a, some, somehow a shift of a character of who Jesus is. In verse 8, he will say, All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. In verse 9, Jesus would say, I am the door. One of the many I am's here recorded by John in his book. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Why? Because the shepherd, if a sheep comes out, the shepherd would either prevent that sheep from coming out or if it needs to eat. Uh, do you eat midnight snack, by the way? Do you have a midnight snack and you need to get out of your bed and uh, go to your refrigerator and look for any food? And so this sheep who wants to come out, this shepherd would still bring this sheep to a place where he would or it would be protected. I am the door. Just as Jesus would say later on, I am the truth. I am the life. And I am the way. Jesus is saying there's only one door. And I am the, do the door. And if anyone enters by me, what happens? He will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. In contrast, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I hope we, we caught the analogy of Jesus Christ. He was pertaining to a sheep. He was pertaining to a blind man who was cast out by these religious leaders, Jewish leaders and Pharisees. He was cast out. And yet, Jesus found him, gave him sight, and gave him new life. Such is our shepherd. He's not only the shepherd, but he's also the door. And therefore, all who heard Jesus must know his voice and follow him. Why? Because his intentions are for the benefit of the sheep. Do you know the voice of the Lord? Do we know if Jesus or the Holy Spirit or God the Father himself talks to us? Well, one is through his word. That is the main way, the major way where we can hear the voice of God speaking to us, instructing us, commanding us, and at times encouraging us. Now, the religious leaders who do not come in his name and do not align with his words, are destructive to the sheep. And so Jesus is giving a warning that there are thieves and robbers who are out to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And they would often not pass through the door as they would climb any other way. The true sheep that belong to Christ 
Listen to this, brothers and sisters, will follow Christ. So the question for us today is that are we that sheep that belongs to Christ? Do we know Christ and His voice and His words? That whenever the Lord speaks to us, we know that it is Him. And it's not some other force. So how do we apply this? First, know Christ and His words. The sheep know God's voice. All of us who believe in Him should know His words because His words and His voice are one. You cannot separate the words from the voice. All who do not genuinely believe in His word should know Christ how? In a personal way. Through the gospel. And this should grow through His word. So brothers and sisters, I, I pray that we have seen the illustration of Christ as he shared this to, to those who are listening to him, that he is the shepherd and he is the door. And if the sheep has that intimate relationship with him, uh, close, a personal relationship with him, such sheep would really be protected. So that's the importance of knowing Christ. So how do we know Christ? Through his words. Because as we read his words, we also hear God's voice. And as we, are, we become familiar to the, the voice of God, what happens? We are protected. We are not easily swayed by false teachings or by false doctrines. So, application number two, do not follow others. Or should I say, do not merely follow others. Why? Because some people has the ability to entice, has the ability to, to talk and convince. In our, again, in our local lingo, budol budol, and we can be easily swayed and convinced. Yet, we should follow only the Lord and His Word. Those who claim to come in His name must be tested through their words. If someone comes to you, well, teaching you from the Bible or claiming that such teaching is from the Bible as the Bereans did, we are to challenge, we are to test, we are to question. Just as we allow everybody, everyone in this, in this church to call our attention, to challenge us, to question us, and to test Every word that we speak from this pulpit. Why? Because we are humans and we are prone to errors. I myself, I consider as a sheep who is also stupid and who is also dumb and who is also in need of guidance and of leading of the great shepherd. I'm also in need of his protection and his provision. And no one is exempted. So don't ever think that the, the pastors, the leaders who are standing here in front, that we are perfect. No. We are also sheep that needs a shepherd. However, we cannot be so welcoming of every teaching. That's why we are to be careful that's why, as much as possible, we encourage a contextual exposition, an expository study, word by word, line by line, 
verse by verse, chapter by chapter, so that we will have a whole idea, whole picture of the intent of the author. For every explanation we hear must be double-checked through context study. And that is also the advantage of having a growth group. Because in a growth group, you have a, an earthly shepherd there, you have a local shepherd who will help each and every one you know, explain if you have any questions and you have any need for a clarification, you can ask our leader, our growth group leader, and we can discuss and we can explain and we can learn together and grow together and together be able to distinguish the voice of the shepherd from those of the thieves and of the robbers. And finally, let us not become a thief. We must proclaim the gospel and teach others his word. However, as we proclaim the gospel, as we teach God's word, we must do so with utmost caution. We are to be careful and to be accurate. The word must be taught accurately. And how can we do this? Well, number one, by studying ourselves, preparing, learning, doing our research, and then praying for the Holy Spirit, for it is eventually the Holy Spirit who would speak through us and that our motives must be pure. Not to steal, not to kill, not to destroy, but to help, to help build a brother or sister, not to encourage, perhaps to, to rebuke at times, to correct in a lovingly manner. But most of the time, if not all the time, it should be to honor God and to glorify Him. And so we should only use the scriptures to fulfill the command to proclaim, to make disciples, and glorify Him. So brothers and sisters, if our Lord calls, if our Master Shepherd calls us, can we distinguish His voice? Do we know His voice? And if yes, the next question is, do we obey Him? Because if we trust Him, we would do so. The sheep would follow the shepherd, not only because the sheep knows that He is its shepherd. Not only that, but because the sheep trusts this shepherd. And he has tested, the sheep has tested his shepherd. And his shepherd has brought him to green pastures. This shepherd has protected him. And this shepherd wants to give him a life that is abundant. Which brings me to my last question. Are we having an abundant life right now? When I say abundant life, it doesn't mean a perfect, literally rich, wealthy life. It's a life that is satisfied, confident, and at peace because we know that we have a shepherd who would eventually save us and bring us and carry us as we enter through a door called death. And we know that this shepherd will carry us to heaven, to eternal life with him. So again, the question, do we have an abundant life? Not in a literal sense where we feel that we are rich, oh, I'm having the time of my life. No. It's a life that is secured. It's an eternity that is secured, knowing that we have a great shepherd. We have Jesus Christ, 
as our shepherd. And as we enter in and out of His door, in and out of His presence, we know, spirit to spirit, that indeed we are safe, protected, and secured. That we will never be cast out. We will never be stolen. We will never be killed. And we will never be destroyed. But we will have life for eternity with God in heaven. So may I share to you a poem written by our senior pastor entitled, His Voice We Follow. Jesus is the entrance, the door. That is not all. He is much more. Christ is the shepherd of the flock whom the Jewish leaders did mock. The sheep of the flock know his voice. Believers have only one choice. To follow him where he leads us, there's none other than Christ Jesus. Thus, we will not follow strangers. Why should we chase untold dangers? The sheep follow his word, his voice. In him alone do we rejoice. Thieves and strangers will harm the sheep. Their words we will throw and not keep. They are the false teachers today, and they fail to be accurate. But we care how Christ is portrayed. We must echo all that he claimed. And what he has done for his sheep, all that he intended to keep. It's abundant life forever. From him we will not be severed, awaiting a home far away, yet he is in us here to stay. Shall we all stand and close in prayer? Our great shepherd who satisfies all our wants, we give you all the glory, honor, and praises, and gratitude. Indeed, Lord, you are our shepherd who protects us, who gives us provision and life, life that is abundant. And today, Lord, we are reminded that we are all like sheep we have gone astray and that out of your sovereignty out of your mercy and only out of your grace through Jesus Christ you have found us you have called us you took us and placed us under your care Hence, we are satisfied. We are complete. We do not lack anything anymore. For we are secured. Indeed, such life is an abundant life. That despite the struggles, despite the difficulties, we know that we are safe and secure under your care. Lord Jesus, thank you for teaching us today and for warning us to be cautious and to be careful for there are thieves and robbers out there whose intent is to steal, to steal us from you, to kill to kill our relationship with you and to destroy such relationship with you. Lord, continue to give us wisdom so that we would be able to discern and distinguish your voice from theirs. Put in our hearts, Lord, the joy and the desire to listen continuously, consistently, 
to your voice. And not only that we would be familiar with your voice, but we would trust your voice and your word. And as we trust you, we would follow and we would obey as you lead us to the greenest pasture that you want us to have. Indeed, Lord, we are eternally grateful. We don't deserve this. Yet out of your love and grace, you did this. And so, Lord, allow us to respond with faith, with thanksgiving, and also with the joy and the desire to serve you, to please you. And that in everything, Lord, that we do, in our studies, in our work, in our business, in our families, in our ministry, we have you as our shepherd to guide us, to protect us, so that in the end, your name would be exalted and lifted up and would be forever glorified. Today, Lord, this is our prayer that we would be under your care always and forever. Be glorified, Lord, as we go out from this place. May you continue, Lord, to bless give favor to us that we would be a blessing to others today and tomorrow for your glory. In Jesus' name we all pray. Amen and amen. God bless us all and see you again next Sunday.